0: In today's episode, being present and connecting dots that most people don't see, empowering one million people to live an aligned and intentional life, living your best life through radical self-love and going all in on your gifts. We are covering all this in a very special episode of Shatter the Mold. You won't want to miss it. We're getting started right now. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We are about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question, in a world where groupthink is the norm, Others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to Shatter the Mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here, super excited to be here with you, and Really excited for this interview that we're about to go into, in fact, Uh, We're wasting no time with any preamble. I'm just diving into it. Uh, Tiffany Toombs is a highly sought-out international speaker and leading expert on rewiring the unconscious mind for success and tapping into your personal potential. She's entertained, educated, and transformed the lives of thousands of people across the world for over 20 years now, and she's got a best-selling book out called Stop Being a Selfish Bitch, a comprehensive guide to living your best life through radical self-love. She's also got an awesome podcast titled Take the Leap, and through her work, Tiffany empowers people to understand why and how they've become stuck in the past and how to take action in all areas of their life in the present moment to completely change their lives in a positive way forever. I'm sure there's a lot of ground that we're going to be covering today. So without further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Miss Tiffany Toombs. Tiffany, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to Shatter the Mold.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So quick full disclosure moment. We just finished up an interview where uh, you were asking me a bunch of questions and, and we're gonna be on your show. And the one thing that really stuck out to me about that experience is how awesome of a listener that you obviously are. And I really want to ask you, is that something that you've worked on intentionally? Is that something that comes naturally to you? Uh, how you know how much have you noticed that about yourself as you're discussing and working with other people? And you know how does that affect your work while you're doing it?
1: uh, I feel like it is something I have personally worked on. I don't know if other people would tell you that I've always been a good listener. I've, I've kind of always been in the, the coaching space. So when I was 14 years old, I actually started working with sports teams in my town as their fitness coach and their rehab person, uh, rehabbing any injuries, strapping ankles and whatnot. And so I think back then people were like, you're a good listener. And I don't know that I felt like I was listening back then so much as I was, I looked like I was listening. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, and, and it might just be the case of, you know, we have higher expectations for than than we do of others. Now I really do focus on listening to what the person's saying and also listening to my intuition about what should come next. Or, you know, if I'm working with a client and they're telling me, a circumstance that has happened with them in their life, having the ability to to listen to my intuition to connect dots that most people don't even see, like mm. they don't even they don't even see the dots, never mind connect them. So, I would say that's probably something I've worked a lot on in my personal journey is becoming a better listener and being present. There are definitely times uh, where if I have like shut off my listening and I'm like focused on writing a blog article or, you know, doing something else, putting together a funnel, whatever it happens to be that I just tune everything out and I don't hear anything. So yeah, I think it, it's the focus and the, the uh, presence, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: That I'm on. All right. Now hearing you say that, that makes sense to me because, you know, one thing that uh, I didn't share with people yet is, you know, according to your bio, you're currently focused on a mission to empower 1 million people to live an intentional life aligned with their deepest truth every day. And wow. Um, talk about ambitious, which I love. Uh I'm curious, like what inspired you to go in this such a grand direction and such also when you think about it, a specific direction?
1: Yeah. So it's funny when I when people talk about the million, I've been on a couple podcasts where they're like, Why do you have to set a number? Why can't you just like go for gold? And I'm like, Well, when I hit a million, clearly I'm gonna raise the bar.
0: <laughs> but
1: I need I need my first like milestone to to reach um. I think for me like the that's my life intention and before I really became clear on that my life was a little bit of a mess. Like I was helping people, I was making good money, I was traveling, I was doing on the outside, you know, on social media it looked like my life was great. I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't have any direction and I didn't I was super indecisive. Like you could ask me anything and I'd be like, "I don't know." So when I, I kind of lost everything, about two years ago, I was living in Australia, lost everything, was in business with the wrong people, uh, forced to resign, lost my ability to live and work there, had to move back to Canada in the dead of winter, went from like plus 40 degrees Celsius to minus 40 degrees Celsius, and it was like not at all pleasant. <laughs> so while I was hibernating that winter uh, two years ago. I really started to ask myself a lot of questions around why do these patterns keep coming up? And more to the point, when I was in business with those other people, I found looking back, of course, because you can never connect the dots in the moment or looking forward. I was looking at it as I did a lot of... I was easily manipulated in those times. And my old business partners would often use things like, you know, if you, if this doesn't happen, then the business is going to fail and you'll have to move back to Canada. And at that point in time, it was like my worst fear uh, was moving back to Canada. So I did a lot of things that were outside of the black and white edges of my values. Mm -hmm. And I was really pissed off at myself about it for a little while. And I, I started to say, to ask myself like, how how is it that I wasn't actively living my values? And I realized that partly it was because I wasn't connecting with them on a daily basis. Like my, uh, you know, I had values and I would only talk about whatever ones I felt were relevant in the moment. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: I, I wasn't clear on where I was going. So whatever shiny object popped up. And I was in business with people who were more focused on the money side of things than the helping people and the impact side. And that's not me. I believe that the greater the impact you have, then the money will flow. But if you focus on the money, then the impact and the money aren't going to flow as as greatly as they could. So I spent a lot of time. I always know I'm on the right track with something when I come to a conclusion. And then I see like a thought leader or a guru Whatever you want to call them, um, having said the same thing. So I came up with this whole exercise for myself around intention. I need to figure out my intention. And for me, intention is different to why. I've, you know, I love Simon Sinek's TED Talk, and there was still kind of something missing from it for me, especially when I have clients coming to me who they, moms in particular, empty nesters who their whole life has been about their kids. Their kids have been their why. And all of a sudden, their kids have their own life and they're like, what am I? what am I even living for? Mm. So I really started to recognize that we need to connect with our purpose or our intention in life. And then let the why be the fuel that we put in the car. Like if life is a road trip, we need to know where specifically we're going and that's the legacy or the intention that we're leaving. And then let things like, you know, your kids or being, making the world a better place, world peace, let that be the fuel you put in the car.
0: Nice. I I love, I'm sorry. Yes.
1: (laughs) I I was just going to say like making that distinction and like connecting with my purpose daily. Um, you know, it's, it's on my wall. It's one of the first things I see every single morning is my intention and then connecting with my values every day and saying, have I done these 10 things today? And if not, I know I've taken a detour. And if I have, then I come back. Like it has completely changed my life, which is why I'm so passionate about helping other people connect with theirs.
0: Mm. Perfect, and you know, among many talents, you're an NLP expert. So I imagine, uh, you know, there there's there's a there's a method to your madness here. Being able to see this every day, looking at this, reminding yourself, there's a psychological value here that keeps you on track. I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the work that I predominantly do with NLP is about healing old trauma. So mm-hmm. I was abused by my stepmom who is a domestic violence survivor. And for a long time I was really angry, really violent. The people who know me in my life now are like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Back then, if you were like in an arm's length and said something angry, you better slap because I had a mean or you better duck because I had a mean slap. Um, and I'm just not even that person anymore because I've helped I've healed my drama or my wounds, but I can see how those that generational abuse gets passed down mm-hmm. and as we're moving into a world that seems like it's becoming more and more divided, what I see is that we're all asking for the same thing, but nobody really knows what they're asking for. They're, Mm -hmm. they're asking to be heard. They're asking to be understood. They're asking to be loved and accepted. Everyone's looking for connection and everyone's just too busy screaming at each other to actually hear what the other person is saying. And so for me, when we understand our intention and I look at our, at our stories and the, the challenges that we've faced as being part of our story, part of our gift, every challenge that we have unlocks that next level of greatness within us so that we can go on and inspire other people through whatever our story is in, in whatever industry we want. And, and we're seeing this more and more with social media that, you know, you could be a marketing guru, you're going to share your story. Mm-hmm. You could be, you know, and this is, I love Renee Brown's work in this space of, you know, we connect through vulnerability. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, an airline or a shoe manufacturer, it's the story that's going to connect people to you. And when we individually know our own intentions for healing and for going through that process, then it makes it a lot easier to, to kind of crawl through the mud.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And I, I want to read your book title one more time because obviously it's it's a it's a good eye catcher. <laughs> stop, stop being a selfish bitch. A comprehensive guide to living your best life through radical self love. So, <laughs> the subtitle uh, and the title they seemed almost to be in conflict with one another. So I wanted to ask you about that. Like when you say stop being selfish, um, what what is someone's uh, misconception about what that really means and where you're really going at with that point?
1: So. Yeah, a lot of people, it's interesting, I'll take that book to women's events and some women will be like, I need that book. And then some people are like, how dare you? Mm. And I think it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. I think that like selfish and the selfish bitch concept means something different for men and it's still used uh, and it's used on women. It was something that was kept, that was used against me to keep me playing really small For a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're traveling and you're missing Christmas or you're missing this, then you're being selfish. And how dare you like not think of your family and you just think of, you know, your goals and your vision in life and the things that you feel like you need to do. So Stop Being a Selfish Bitch was actually a personal project of mine that I started when I was in the process of selling everything off in Australia, moving back. I felt like my soul, like pulling me to start my coaching business. I had always been coaching, but it was always a side hustle. I always had something else that paid the bills and then coaching was my hobby. And I had a limiting belief back then that I couldn't run a business on my own, that I needed business partners who were smarter than me because I was good at the coaching side, but not the business side. And so moving back, I was like, I feel like I just need to start this coaching business, and I have family telling me, you know, you'd make a great receptionist. And I have sure. friends telling me, no one's going to pay you to talk about their feelings, especially in this economy. Like, you know, uh, where I'm from, the con- the economy is still really struggling, and and so I- I'm getting all this conflicting information from like my soul. Is saying one thing and then everyone else around me saying another. And I'm, you know, I have people saying, you know, we can't support you. If, if you run out of money, then you know, you're, you'll have to get a job at McDonald's or something. And I was just like, well, if, I mean, if that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. And I was journaling one day and I had all this fear coming up of like, can I really get people to pay me to talk about their feelings and to go through like this heavy journey of letting go of your stuff. And, um, I was writing and I realized that like, I know what fear and self-doubt feels like and looks like I know, I know that life I've, I've done it for a long time. And I just asked myself the question, what would happen if I just put those in a box, put them up on a shelf for a year, Mm. just 12 months. And I just went all in on myself and what I believe my gift to be. What if I just went all in on my gift? Because I believe that we all have a gift and a message to share. It doesn't matter if it's baking the best apple pie to make somebody's day or doing the best oil change on a car. It doesn't matter. We all have something that we are really good at that we are meant to change one person's life with. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about if I give in to my fear, my self doubt, you know, the people in my environment telling me I should be a receptionist. There's all these people out there who need healing and they're gonna resonate with my message. You know, They've heard Tony Robbins, they've heard Oprah, they've heard Brené Brown, they've heard all these other people. They're waiting for me to share my message. Mm -hmm. And so if I give into that fear and self-doubt, they are never gonna hear that message and they may never heal and fully step into their gifts, which means that the people who need their gifts aren't gonna find them. And it just becomes like this huge ripple chain reaction. And so that's really where Stop Being a Selfish Bitch came from was I decided to go all in on myself for 365 days. Mm. That, that's it. Just go all in and see what happens. And I built my coaching business to six figures in 12 months. I was published in a number of publications. I met my now fiance. All this incredible stuff happened. And so about halfway through the year, I was like, this, this needs to be a book. I need to share this. That, <laughs> you know, self-love, which... You know, on my podcast with you, we talked about how law of attraction has been misconstrued in in the uh, pop culture self help industry, and yes. I think self love is another one of those things that it's you know treat yourself like red wine, bubble baths, retail therapy, but true self love goes a lot deeper than that. True self love does not feel good, especially in the beginning when you are crawling through the mud of of your crap to deal with it. When you come out the other side though, you feel a whole lot better and it's a whole lot easier to set boundaries and do the things that you love. So that's mm. that's really where the book came from.
0: So though, if you ask me, there was so much gold in that answer that you just gave. But the one thing that really popped out at me was that concept, just the way you described it, of putting it on a shelf. It's like, listen, I'm gonna do this little mental hack because there's no way my subconscious is just gonna let me forget about this. So you know what? I'll acknowledge it but I'm gonna put it someplace else. And it's almost like you're giving yourself permission to to switch a pattern and there it is on the shelf and there you see it. My question to you, because I'm sure some people, um, that lights them up and they wanna do it. Did uh, did obstacles come up in those 365 days where it almost like jumped off the shelf back in your lap and you had to put it back? Like in other words, did you have challenges where you had to keep reminding yourself or how did you navigate it and really make that mental shift and that directional shift so that your focus was positive and directly on the intention that you had made.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, it did. There was times where um, I had ex-business partners threatening lawsuits and whatnot um, because they were starting to see my success and wanted a piece of it in some way. And so the opportunity to go back to playing small was always there, the opportunity mm-hmm. to stop getting published or stop being on podcasts or stop being on video everywhere was definitely there and what i came back to and this is where the intention kind of weaved itself into that was that i just kept coming back to that next person that i that is waiting to meet me or that's waiting to see my video or read an article so that they can heal their stuff And so really that's, that's how I plan to change the world. I'm just, I'm going to lay that game plan out just openly here is that it's thinking about that next person. And, you know, even now the days where I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't want to get out of bed. You know, I've just taught for seven days straight about quantum physics, which is mind zapping in itself. Um, And it was still this morning, like there's going to be somebody who listens to this podcast interview that that needs to hear this message and so that's what i'm doing this for it's that yeah. one person that i that i know needs to hear this message next
0: yeah your your business and your mission must be in service to others i mean it's going to serve you also because you're you're a person just like everyone else but it's got to be in service to others because that's what fuels everything
1: absolutely and so the times where the focus you know where we've invested a whole bunch into our wedding or into our own personal development. And it's like, oh, okay, we need to make a little bit of money to pay this bill this month. Both my husband and myself, or my fiance and myself, remind ourselves, you know, come back to the impact. Who can we impact today that will allow us to continue to grow the businesses?
0: Mm, I love that. And you said before, you know, there's always an opportunity. There's always an opportunity to, uh, to not go on the podcast and to not be published and to not take that step. But I mean, the real key words is like, there's always opportunity because so there's just as much opportunity to go in the other direction and be on the podcast and, you know, and work out and, and make the other choice. I mean, sure, you know, sugar cookies taste a lot better than salad, but that opportunity that that salad is still there. There's nothing stopping me from acknowledging that and making that move because the end game for that is so much more important to me. So I love the way that you phrased that.
1: Yeah. And the, the intention even comes down to like having that intention really changes every area of your life. So right now, do I indulge in extra sugar cookies this Christmas or do I consciously choose the salad? What's going to help me empower more people? Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm eating a whole bunch of sugar cookies, which I know makes my health and my mental energy just go spiraling downwards, that's not going to help me. And so I I went from being this super indecisive person or being able to justify McDonald's when I had been drinking. I mean, I don't even really drink anymore because does having a hangover serve me to get this message out? Absolutely not. And so it's, you know... Even if I do have a glass of wine, like it's with intention. Okay, so we're going out for dinner. We're going to enjoy some wine with friends. This is about the connection time now. And, you know, me filling myself up as a person away from my business. But there's there's an intention to absolutely everything I do now, which Mm. is where I've found so much power.
0: Yeah, there's moderation, but more importantly, there's choice. And you and I were talking about it before we got into the interview about, you know, WWE or WWF and uh, those (laughs) that follow The Rock knows like that guy, his fitness routine in his workout and his exercise routine are unparalleled, but he gives himself a cheat day. So like, don't take a cheat day, at least in my opinion, for the sake of taking a cheat day, but take it if you need it, if it means your other six days are going to be what you want them to be. Like The Rock has pancakes on Sunday. But every other day, he's fueling up and he's keeping himself in the best shape possible.
1: Absolutely. And it's everything with intention. Like, I'm intentional about the time that I spend with my fiance. I'm intentional about our date nights not always being just us going out for dinner because it becomes easy to fall into that rut. And then, you know, what's the purpose of going on a date night if you're just constantly doing the same thing and you're not connecting in new ways? So we're intentional about you know our date nights are going to be this. our business time is going to be this. We don't talk about business or we we say we don't, but we're both you know we're both people who love what we do. so it, our businesses weave into our life. so when we're out at dinner we'll have just in that connection time, we'll have all these brilliant ideas for new ways that we can help people so
0: mm. I love it. I want to uh, quickly touch on Take the Leap, your podcast. Mm. And I was curious, you know, what inspired you? I mean, I understand what inspired you to to share what you share, but what made you choose to go like the podcast venue? And how do you direct that? What do you try to specifically do within those within that format?
1: So I started my podcast with the intention of just creating more content. I really knew nothing about podcasting When I started it, Um, this year has been a really big year for my podcast because I've taken it a little bit more seriously. When I initially put it out, I put it out with the intention of of putting myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, I'm okay on I I love doing videos. I don't love just listening to the audio of myself back, so. I had to put myself outside of my comfort zone there and say, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to talk. I'm not going to have the whiteboards. I'm not going to have the video screens and everything else that I use to educate people. And so what kind of came out of that, that I didn't expect was that I became better at explaining things without needing to have the visuals, which is good. Mm -hmm. Um, and my intention with that is to there, there's always something that people want to take the leap into. Um, take the leap. I actually, after I had a the the breakup that kind of was my breakdown slash breakthrough moment in life where I realized how small I was playing, I went out and I got a tattoo on my collarbone. And it says she took a leap of faith and grew her wings on the way down.
0: Mm. And
1: in life and in business and relationships, I can't think of a better metaphor for how we just have to go and do it. If If we think too long, then we'll talk ourselves out of You know, jumping out of the plane or starting that business, there's always going to be a million reasons why you shouldn't. And my life has best turned out when I just take the leap into doing it. So the podcast is a little bit of me sharing neuroscience, psychology, NLP tools for people to become a better version of themselves and to help prepare them to take that leap. And then bringing amazing people like yourself on to share their lessons and their journey so that you know, people can have these like mini mentor sessions where they learn from your lessons so uh, that you've made, you know, the mistakes that you've made on your journey so that they can stand on the shoulders of giants and build their, themselves up faster.
0: Mm, I love it. So, two more quick questions. Well, we'll see how quick they are. <laughs> um, question here first, like, obviously, we're at a time of year where people are contemplating taking a leap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, again, you understand psychology, NLP, uh, quantum physics you know, not knowing them and not having the opportunity to have a conversation with them. What kind of advice might you give that you think is the most helpful that's going to push them in the right direction and help them go the way they want to go with this?
1: Um, I think for me, one thing I talk about a lot is recognizing that the all or none principle of change just doesn't work. Mm. Um, and it puts too much stress on our nervous system and, I mean, this is one of the reasons why people's new year's resolutions fall through. They, you know, change, they start going to the gym eight days a week when they've never gone before. And then they wonder why they're so tired. They're, you know, so sore that they can barely get out of bed, but they're pushing themselves more than they ever have before. They completely overhaul their diet. They, they change every aspect of their life and it's just too much for the, the unconscious mind to keep up with. And it actually, what it does is when we push ourselves that far out of our comfort zone in a specific area, is it, it triggers the fear center of our brain, the amygdala to kick in and say, no, like, this is too much. I can't keep up with all the change Um, because the fear center responds to perceived threats as well. Mm. And our amygdala loves things to be the same it loves routine it loves us doing things the same as we always have because then it knows there's no saber-tooth tigers waiting around the corner so when we change like five areas of our life all at once then the amygdala just goes into overdrive, freaks out because it can't possibly look for that many saber to tigers all at the same time. So what I tell people is figure out, like make a list of all the changes that you want to make, right? I want to start drinking more water. I want to start getting eight hours of sleep. I want to go to the gym X number of days a week. I want to eat this particular way. And then ask yourself, what is the one change that I can make right now that will require 20% effort and give me 80% results? Hmm. And so typically with people where I start them is either drink more water. So start drinking two liters to a gallon of water a day or eight hours of sleep a night. Those two are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck so that when you, when that becomes a new habit for you, then you can add in the next layer of change, and the next layer of change, and the next layer of change. And it may take you longer to make the overall change that you, than you want to, but it's going to be more sustainable, because everything is becoming a habit before you layer in the next piece of change.
0: I love it. And I imagine some people like, eight hours, I've got my email, not realizing that with, with, when they're refreshed, they're going to be more efficient and productive with their email, so they might as well get the eight hours anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last quick question. You know, obviously, I mean, I love all the content you delivered here and I imagine people are going to want to learn more about you and of course have some links in the show notes, but where can people go to find more about you and connect with you if they want to?
1: So I do have a lot of content on my Facebook page. So facebook.com forward slash blue lotus mind um and next year i I do have a lot of content on my youtube page um i have just been repurposing facebook live videos but next year i'll be doing specific content for youtube and then obviously my podcast
0: tiffany toombs you have been an awesome guest thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insight i know anyone that's been paying attention got a lot out of it and i really appreciate it
1: thank you so much for having me it's been great
0: Thanks again once more to Miss Tiffany Toombs. Really appreciated having you on here. And that's another episode in the can, guys. Hoping you really enjoyed that one. Uh, As always, if you haven't done so already, do me a favor real quick. Pull out that phone of yours. Hit that subscribe button. And if you haven't done so already, you also want to please leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think of today's guest. Let me know what kind of content you might want to hear about in the future. Uh, Past that, I am out, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.